Welcome to the Leadership Innovation Ventures and Entrepreneurship Podcast, also known as LIVE. I'm your co-host, Etanosa Bevoin, a community coordinator with the University Housing and Dining. And I'm Brandon Jones, and I'm your co-host. I'm the Associate Director for Student Learning and Development. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome, everybody, to episode 24 of the LIVE Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Jones. And I am your other co-host, Atanosa Obevoin. And today, we're going to be talking about something that, by the time you're listening to this, either has already happened or is coming up, and that is Juneteenth. For those of you that don't know what Juneteenth is, which I suspect is a lot of folks, on September 22nd, 1862, Abraham Lincoln, our president, issued what's called the Emancipation Proclamation. And basically, in the Emancipation Proclamation, it declared that all persons held as slaves, particularly in the Confederate states, are and henceforward shall be free. And that went into effect on January 1st, 1863. That was 1863. On June 19th, 1865, a Union general by the name of Gordon Granger arrived in Galveston, Texas and read General Orders Number 3 that declared that all enslaved persons are free. Now, did you catch that? On 18, September 22nd, 1862, President Lincoln issued the what, what they're calling the Preliminary Emancipation Proclamation. Mm-hmm. On January 1st, 1863, Emancipation Proclamation goes into effect, but it's not until June 19th, 1865, that Southern slaves are notified that they're free. Two years later, folks, progress was and can still be very slow. And so June 19th, or also known as Juneteenth, when you shorten it, is the celebration. It's an Independence Day celebration for folks who were enslaved and the descendants of those enslaved people in the southern states. And so those celebrations permeate all over the South. They're gaining recognition and countrywide, I should say, nationwide popularity. But Etanosa and I thought that, you know, it'd be good to have a conversation about this holiday because one, when I lived in other states, it wasn't as either it wasn't either celebrated or people just really didn't know about it unless they were from, you know, Texas or Louisiana or Mississippi or Alabama or Georgia and in some cases Florida. And so that kind of got me to thinking, I'm like, well, first off, why don't we know more about Juneteenth. Why don't we talk about Juneteenth as much as we talk about the 4th of July? Like, why is that? I mean, I think the easy answer is a lot of us were not taught it in school in our history classes. That wasn't mm-hmm. part of our textbooks or the rhetoric. So I'm not going to lie. Like, I didn't know about Juneteenth until I was probably like in college. Mm-hmm. And so I had never even heard of it before getting to college. so. But you're not from the traditional South though, right? No, no, no. Yes, that's true. I am from Missouri, which mm-hmm. it's weird for me when people call it the South. I think it's the Midwest, but. Mm-hmm. Well, that depends if you're above the Mason-Dixon line. So if you're from, you know, the St. Louis, Kansas City area, yeah. you're above the Mason-Dixon. So unless you're in Southeast or Southwest Missouri or South Central, really, really, really South Central, you don't, you know, yeah. where that little Missouri compromise is, you mm. don't really know 
you know, you don't really think about Missouri as the South. And so right. those of us who, you know, are somewhat students of history, like myself, you understand where that Mason-Dixon line was drawn. And it's understandable that some folks identify as Southerners in Missouri. And, but most people are like, no, we're, we're in the Midwest. <laughs> we're in so, the Midwest. <laughs> and so knowing about Juneteenth, that is interesting that it's not taught about in classes. And another thing that got me thinking about that was, you know, the other day we celebrated well, some people commemorated, rather, the Tulsa race riots, commemorating right. the anniversary of the genocide and the bombings of the Black Wall Street area there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And you had white celebrities like Tom Hanks coming out and saying that it's wrong. It's a tragedy that we're not teaching these things that occurred here on American soil. And I'm saying the same thing about Juneteenth. It's, you know, And I grew up in Texas and you're required at least when I was going through school in seventh grade to take Texas history. Yeah. And at no no point in the nine months of being in school did we talk about Juneteenth. Now, having said that, mm-hmm. we did celebrate Juneteenth okay. as far back as I can remember. Every year around Father's Day weekend or whatever date was closest to June uh-huh. 19th, we would celebrate Juneteenth and all weekend long, there would be all these festivities. There'd be parades on Saturday. There'd be a parade on Saturday morning. Then we'd all go down to the park over in the predominantly black part of my hometown of Tyler, Texas. And it'd be barbecue. There'd be ice cream, snow cones, music. The pools would be open. People would be on the basketball courts. You'd have your best outfit. It's a description. When we were talking about this last week, I described it uh to Etanosa as everything Will Smith sang about yeah. on the summertime song, uh, driving, getting your car washed so that it was waxed and yeah. nice and you cruising real slow. We say two miles an hour so everybody sees you. That's what it was all about, just coming together and celebrating and acknowledging this painful past, but also building a bridge to a better future. We acknowledge what happened to us and we recognize and celebrate our ancestors and remembering those who came before us, but then also working together to build a brighter tomorrow for not just, as they called it, the young people, but for everybody. And so Juneteenth is really interesting. And I'm hoping that in the days ahead, more people choose to not only celebrate this, but push for this to become a federally recognized holiday. I think that the last research I saw was that 45 states acknowledge it, but it's just like last year with the George Floyd stuff when companies were issuing statements. It's like a statement is good (laughs) and an acknowledgement is good, but let's make it a day where we pause, take the day off and recognize it like we do the MLK Day, which people reluctantly did at first, (laughs) like when we used to have to celebrate President's Day, like, let's find a way to federalize this thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, yes, I think it should be a federal holiday. Mm -hmm. I just think that is the true day of independence for enslaved people. And it's such an important day to really acknowledge in our country because Mm -hmm. Black history is part of our history. And like you mentioned before, like, it wasn't really talked about in schools. And I think like kind of you mentioning... The whole Mason Dixon line, like I've never thought of the fact that where I lived in Missouri, I'm a, I'm a city girl. I've only lived in the cities in Missouri. Mm-hmm. I never heard of it, didn't celebrate it or anything. I think my first celebration of Juneteenth was 
I want to say like 2016, 2017. And like, I had just graduated from college. It was my first job in Kansas City. And I was just exploring the town kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so like, they have a whole jazz district in Kansas City that is predominantly black. And it was Mm -hmm. so amazing just to see everyone just come together, promote black businesses, just be black, unapologetically Mm -hmm. black kind of thing. And seeing just like a huge range of generations just like enjoying themselves right Right, celebrating something that concerns our being and like how far we've kind of come Mm -hmm. as a community and it was just really nice and now it i'm a little bit more intentional of making sure that it's something that i'm celebrating Mm -hmm. and showing importance to And I think it's also important because, you know, with both of us working in higher education, you know, this holiday occurs when we have little to no students on campus. Right. And so because it's not a federal holiday, I have never worked at an institution that posts something on the website that that, you know, that wishes people a happy Juneteenth or in recognition of Juneteenth. You know, like right now we got Pride Month going on and we're seeing the NFL and other corporations and other institutions changing their colors to a rainbow flag. And they're they're changing the colors of their logos to the Mm -hmm. rainbow flag, which I think is good. But then I'm wondering, I'm like, but come Juneteenth, what is the nation going to be doing? What kind of commemorative exercises are we going to be doing? Will institutions of higher education ever start to recognize and celebrate Juneteenth? And I understand the difficulty that that puts a lot of us in, because on one hand, we, you know, it's orientation season and the students that you do have on campus, it's like, okay, at what point are we taking time to do the educating Mm -hmm. on Juneteenth? Is this something that we're going to put on our website? Are we going to issue statements or are we going to leave this up to the, you know, multicultural centers on our campuses? Are we going to leave this up to the folks that are in charge of diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives and efforts on our college campuses? And I, I want us to, at least for me personally, I would love it if we could go beyond the statements and could mm-hmm. go beyond just the recognition and like really do something substantial like what you said like what what are we doing to you know serve and work with the black communities that surround our colleges not just here at UT but everywhere right. so I think we do a, a pretty good job here uh just like any place we've got our work cut out for us but I think we do an exceptional job shout out to our friends over in the division of diversity and community engagement I think they do great work but also I'm thinking about what other ways as a university can we step out and really teach this history And make sure that, you know, people understand, you know, the experiences of black people in this country, because you're talking two additional years of forced labor, of chattel slavery. When the president vocally declared, you know, made a proclamation, he proclaimed that slaves were free. But, you know, you fast forward years later and the same thing happens with integration. Right. It's, mm-hmm. you know, separate but equal is deemed unconstitutional. I think that's what, 1954. And so now what? <laughs> well, the integrative, the integration efforts were just as slow there, too. So right. we have a history in this country of kind of dragging with progress. And I think that if we if we don't teach this history, if we don't remind everyone, not just black people, because this is like we celebrate it. Right. But this impacted the entire nation. This impacted you know, your southern states. And so there are people that were enslaved two and a half additional years 
that didn't have to be. And that, that has a longstanding effect. And people didn't forget that. But somehow over time, this part of history continues to get forgotten. And so what we, I'm, I'm really glad that we're taking the time to bring attention to Juneteenth, but also talking about what it means and, and the different aspects of celebration. Was there, was there anything you wanted to include with that? No, I am honestly, I'm just going to be very transparent. I'm still learning like this. Mm-hmm. Juneteenth is something and the celebration aspects and the, mm-hmm. I mean, of course I understand the meaning and why we're celebrating, but like understanding mm-hmm. the true culture around Juneteenth, I'm still learning about, I still am like, how do we, like you said, kind of incorporate this mm-hmm. into bigger systems and bigger institutions so that more people can get educated? Because it's, I think it's bigger than just telling Black people or Black children mm-hmm. about this and sharing that history when it affects a whole entire country. And again, why we're here today doing what we're doing. And mm-hmm. um, I always wonder how, like, I mean, I'm sure there's cultural references behind why certain holidays are federal holidays Mm -hmm. and others are not kind of thing. So I think Juneteenth needs to be thrown in the mix of like (laughs) this day, the significance of this day. What does this mean for our country? Like Mm -hmm. we need to acknowledge this if we are trying to, you know, be more inclusive and Mm -hmm. welcoming of people's experiences here. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's also important because if we're going to celebrate every other history and if we're going to be inclusive and recognize other tragedies, I think that this is one that we've got to give careful attention to because these celebrations are already happening. And so it's not like there's a ton of work that needs to be done. I want to read for everybody uh, the general order that um, Gordon Granger read on June 19th, 1865. It said, the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. So Lincoln sends an order out that says, hey, black people that are enslaved are free. Mm-hmm. And the people that are currently enslaved, if you're going to keep them there, they got to be employers. Yeah. They got to be employed and they have to be paid. They have to be compensated for their labor. That's the only connection that should exist between them. And those who are already free should continue to do what you're doing while yeah. you're free and keep making your money. But Here's the things you can't do. So even that came with restrictions. Right. And so when you think about some of the issues that our country is facing right now with land ownership, Mm -hmm. you're thinking about the issues that the wealth gap in the black community when compared to our white counterparts, you know, this thing has a history connected to it. And and apparently you don't just overcome that in 100 years or almost 200 years. right? Right. So there's still work that needs to be done. But in that general order, I mean, they're doing away with the way Lincoln was doing away with the way of life in the South. And I think that that's important for people to note because that's where you get all your resistance from. 
Mm-hmm. That's where some of the things that the remnants of that part of racist ideology or a mindset, that stuff permeates history right. and time. But yet and still, you got, you know, you have to, I'm thinking about the 4th of July mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about Frederick Douglass's poem, which I would encourage everyone who has not read this, I would encourage everyone to read. Let's let's do some homework. I want to encourage folks to to do some Googling and do some reading and some self-educating because we're a learning organization here. I believe myself to be a learner. And so one of the things that I would encourage people to do is to look up Frederick Douglass's narrative of what to the slave is the 4th of July. That was written in 1852. So that's years before, that's years before um, the Civil War takes place. So in 1852, Frederick Douglass is saying, what's the 4th of July to somebody that's not free? Think about the right. irony. The na- as a nation, we're celebrating independence, but you have citizens, some at that time, people that were enslaved and brought to America and then given birth to other generations of slaves who never known any other way of life. How do you, mm-hmm. as a country, celebrate freedom, independence, but ironically have people born here yeah. <laughs> still enslaved? So Frederick Douglass right. asks that question. What to the slave is the 4th of July? And so then to fast forward, you know, 13 years, two years removed from when Lincoln puts into effect the Emancipation Proclamation. You go to 1865. These people were already free and didn't know it. And when you think about geographically where Galveston is, I'm like, buddy, you took a ship from wherever you got sent from, sailed around Florida or wherever he, wherever I don't, we don't, I don't know Granger's. I'm not, I'm not that far into history, so I don't know Granger's origin where he departed from but like I don't know if it would have been faster just to take a horse because you took up like did take the whole two years like as a child knowing that history that always dumbfounded me I'm like how did why what why did it take you so long to get here was it because of the boat was it because of that because Galveston is at the bottom of Texas like you down there in the Gulf of Mexico on the you know the southeast part of Texas, and yet that's where you land. So then you imagine, well, how would the other parts of the state notified as a result of that? Because yeah. it's not like you were in the capital. So there's yeah. that. And so when I think about that, I'm like, you know, the irony of these two different celebrations of independence is right. definitely different. Like, do, do you see that irony there? No, I mean, it's very ironic. We're like, oh, yeah, like, July 4th, we're free from England. Oh my gosh, we are living our best dreams. Just kidding. We're going to like have these people captive. And they were, ca- they were captive. Because we don't want to give them freedom, even though we like have our freedom. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's two and two is not equal. Not in that sense. That not in that sense. Like you're in a room declaring that all men are created equal. And I'm like, that may be true, but they're not treated equally. And this is proof of it, exactly. right? 100 years later, we, we're fighting uh, over whether or not people can own other people like that, that that's the irony of all of this. And so as a nation, I would argue we've got to do some reconciling with that past. And the only way that we can do that is if we acknowledge the wrongs 
and then yep. do the work of building a better tomorrow, which is why I love Juneteenth celebrations. I'm going to be honest, growing up in Tyler, yeah. um, and for those of you who are University of Texas uh, fans, you know that the most famous person, we got two main celebrities from Tyler, Texas. Number one, you got Kiki mm-hmm. Shepard that was on the Apollo, Showtime at the Apollo. Everybody know Kiki Shepard, all right? She, <laughs> she's our, she, she, her and my dad were high school classmates. Number Love two... That. Well, number one is really Earl Campbell, played running back at John Tyler High School, came here to um, University of Texas, played running back and linebacker here at UT. But he's most known for playing running back, won the Heisman Trophy, got drafted by the Houston Oilers, is um, an NFL Hall of Famer. Right. Um, he's known affectionately as the Tyler Rose. And so we're known for that. But we also known for our Juneteenth celebration. We okay. shut down. Yeah, listen, folks. <laughs> like we don't. Fourth of July celebrations are tiny in Tyler yeah. compared to Juneteenth. Now, Tyler, uh, you know, most people would argue, kind of still resembles a segregated city. You've got your predominantly black area, mm-hmm. predominantly Hispanic, predominantly white, predominantly upper class, predominantly middle to lower classes. It's still divided mm-hmm. up and it's and, and somewhat divided up like that. But on Juneteenth, every all the black people coming together. All right. We lining up for the parade over on Inglewood, Glenwood. And then we're turning that corner on the Martin Luther King. And then the parade route is down Martin Luther King. And then it bends a corner on Border Street. My grandfather stayed on 24th. My grandparents stayed on 24th. And his friend Mac had the house on the corner of 24th and and Border. So we'd stand in Mr. Mac Wilbur's yard and listen and watch the parade, get candy. And then when we got older, we got old enough to go to the park. Now, I had been going to this parade for years as a kid. But I'd go home after the parade and like take a nap and that'd be the end of the day for me. Yeah. But I turned uh-huh. about, I don't know if I turned about 13 or 14 and I, and my cousin said, Hey, come down to the park. I'm like, why would I come down to the park? He was like, dude, that's where everybody goes after the parade. And I <laughs> went down there and I saw all of North Tyler crowded into wow. Wilder Park and I mean, there's barbecue, there's car shows. Uh, Earl Campbell is the Earl, Earl Campbell would come home for this. So he's over there. He's oh, a wow. national treasure. So you getting pictures with Earl, you, you know, getting hot link sandwiches, rib plates, uh, bluebell yeah. ice cream, music's blasting. You can hear, you can smell. Oh my gosh, it's the best thing in the world. And so for me, it, it just that, that was something you look forward to. Because then as you got older and older, you started getting your outfits together. You get some shoes okay. to wear down to the park. And you go, it, it's a party. And again, we're recognizing the pain and the trauma of the past, but we're celebrating right now, celebrating freedom because this is our freedom holiday. We learn these celebrations right. from our parents who learn these celebrations from their grandparents, from, from their parents, our grandparents. And so it's a yeah. tradition where I'm from to celebrate it. But I got to tell you, it was culture shock when I lived in Knoxville, Ooh. Tennessee for three years. And on yeah. June 19th, somebody might do something, but 
They were mostly yeah. people that were not from Tennessee. They had relatives from oh. Texas or Alabama that would talk about uh, Juneteenth. And so that's where those, I'll be honest, I was hurt, especially living in South Carolina where there were no Juneteenth yeah. celebrations. Like that, that's painful. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I would survive Juneteenth week. Well, I, I know how I would survive it. I just had to do something on my own. But, you know, it was hard. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) I can't imagine. No, I think those celebrations, again, are so important kind of thing. And I think it's part of the culture. Everyone wants to talk about Mm -hmm. the culture. But I I think Juneteenth, again, is a missing celebration that we or people who didn't get to celebrate it like Mm -hmm. myself or, or wherever you live. I think figuring out how to come together, have celebrations or have acknowledgments of Juneteenth Mm -hmm. is super important in this day and age. I think a lot of people are a lot more aware and they're educating themselves mm-hmm. and they're going to go read Frederick Douglass's yes. book and um, this, uh, what was it? A speech. Mm-hmm. And they're going to understand like you can celebrate whatever you want, but Juneteenth needs to be part of those celebrations. Acknowledge that not all of us, not all of right. us are free. Right. There's, and I love the fact that you pointed out some ways that people can continue and further educate themselves. I've got two other ways that I think people would um, appreciate and I would strongly recommend and we'll put this in the notes for the episode. But there's a new book. There's a book out from uh, Annette Gordon-Reed. It's a Pulitzer. She, she, she's a Pulitzer Prize winning artist. And the book is called On Juneteenth. It is a fantastic book. The book tells the story of Juneteenth and its importance to American history. And Dr. Gordon Reed is a professor and she's a Texas native. And so she goes into detail about the importance of this holiday and why we need to be paying attention to this, uh, especially in the age of reconstruct coming from reconstruction uh, through Jim Crow and into where we are in the age of Black Lives Matter. She, th- she, t- she ties all of those things in together. And so I would encourage you all again to get the book on Juneteenth written by Dr. Annette Gordon-Reed. I plan on getting the book. I plan on reading the book. Uh, Dr. Peniel Joseph over in the LBJ school uh, sent that over as a recommendation for our audience. I think the second thing we can do is on June 19th, on June 19th, from 11 to 1, the LBJ School, uh, in conjunction with the Center for the Study of Race and Democracy here at UT, is going to be hosting an inaugural Juneteenth Summit. And it's called Inaugural Juneteenth Freedom Summit, Birth of a New American Freedom. I'm going to put the link to the invite uh, in our liner notes so that you can check that out. But this is going to be important because this is an opportunity um, to come and not only celebrate Juneteenth, but also to talk about uh, the importance of uh, American freedom and especially those people who helped build uh, freedom for black people and other folks of color uh, in this country. And so you'll have several leading voices uh, talking about this. Guess what? Dr. Annette Gordon-Reed is one of the keynote speakers at this event, along with uh, Dr. Peniel Joseph and others. You don't want to miss this. I would encourage you all, if you're not attending uh, anything, I would encourage you to check this out on Saturday, June 19th at 11 o'clock. And it's free and it's open to the public and it's 100 percent online. So I would encourage you all to check that out. And if you don't plan on doing that, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, look for a local Juneteenth celebration. 
because they're they're yeah. all over the place. You just have to look for them. They don't always get mm-hmm. the publicity and the attention that they often deserve because this is a part of history that's ugly, like the Tulsa race uh, massacre, um, like other incidents of violence and racism perpetuated against uh, minoritized groups in this country. It's not always something we want to recall and talk about. But Juneteenth is a celebration. It is a recognition. And so wherever you're listening from, I'm sure there is, especially if you're in Texas, there is a Juneteenth celebration going on somewhere around you. And I would encourage you to check it out. And remember, it's a time of reflection. It's a time of rethinking. But more importantly, it's celebrating. And it's fun. I'm telling you, it's fun. Like, I get so excited thinking about Juneteenth at Tenosa. Like, it, it's my favorite time. Like, Fourth of July comes and goes, and it's like, okay, we'll pop fireworks. Yeah. But Juneteenth, like, it's a big deal. You know, I was on Facebook yeah. this week, and I was looking at some flyers because I'm from the rural part of Tyler. Uh, there's the city part, uh-huh. and then there's the country part. I'm from the country. Okay, there's a farm across the street from my house. Okay, Uh, I saw chickens every day, cows, horses um, that that, you know, there were fields all over the place around my around my neighborhood. All right. I'm the only Dr. Jones on my block when I go home. (laughs) I didn't grow up around doctors and lawyers and all of that. I'm, I'm the Dr. Jones in my neighborhood. And I'm telling you, we pop fireworks out there. But the other day I saw a flyer for. Uh, a party that they're going to be throwing because when you get older, Juneteenth, it's you get to go to the parties too. So you you hear about <laughs> these parties all the, all your years growing up, but then you finally become old enough to go and you look forward to the parties and the celebrations because June, I'm telling you, we shut a city down. I, I, let, let me say this and I want to hear from you too. On Juneteenth, I'm not lying to you, Etanosa, I don't care where I was working in the state of Texas, especially when I was in college. Uh-huh. I would take off every year for Juneteenth. I would work retail or I'd have a little summer job and people would be like, hey, we need you to work. I said, I'll work every day. I'll work Fourth of July, but I'm not working Juneteenth. And they're like, what's that? I'm like, what do you? Never mind. I just know that I want the whole weekend. Like, I, <laughs> I, 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 won't, won't, I, will, I will not, not be at work. And I, and, and, and I held to that. You know, working in higher ed, thankfully, I've never had that issue. But let me tell you, yeah. working in retail, it was a fight to get Juneteenth off. Or if you did have to work, you made sure you worked the early shift. So that means you might have to miss the parade, mm-hmm. but you at least going to be able to make wow. it in the evening for the parties or to go get to all yeah, the oh, food. Oh my gosh, the food. You know, rest in peace to my late father. But that my, I, my dad would hook up a slab of ribs. For Juneteenth, wow, smoke them low and slow for hours. Oh my gosh! That oh my god, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I mean, but it's, it's it's just like any of the celebrations that you all had growing up there in Kansas City, right? It, it, it's pretty much similar to that, but on June nineteenth, definitely on June nineteenth, yep. and then. You know, my dad didn't care that it was Father's Day weekend most of those times. He was like, yeah, I'll barbecue. I don't care. And then even myself being a father now, I'm like, because this weekend I'm going to be in Corpus Christi and I plan on checking out the local Juneteenth celebration. One, because I know there's going to be some bomb food. It's going to be some bomb food. Yeah. And two, I'm, I've, I've seen some of the events. There's going to be some poetry readings. Uh, there's going to be some book signings. I plan on stopping by a couple of the record stores because I am a vinyl uh, enthusiast and graphic tea enthusiast as well. So I do plan on getting out and doing that. But yeah, I, I, I'm excited about this weekend. So 
Me too. I am excited. I have to, I'm going out of town too. So I definitely need to look up some of the local celebrations that are happening and get involved. Now, unless you're going to Arizona, that was kind of, and remember, Arizona was kind of slow to pick up the King holiday. So you ain't going to see no Juneteenth celebration (laughs) in Arizona. But um, I've heard of Juneteenth celebrations as far as California and, you know, other areas. Because remember, if you think about migration, and you think about black people and migrating uh, after the Civil War and black people migrating for the jobs and the industries in the big cities, especially leaving, trying to escape uh, Jim Crow and racism and segregation in the South. People fled west. People fled to Chicago and Detroit and other areas. Yeah. Well, just like some of the traditions that were brought over from Africa, Juneteenth traditions made their way to those areas too. So you'll you'll hear Juneteenth celebrations in Chicago. You'll hear about a Juneteenth celebration yep. in Los Angeles or New York. And that's the thing that I love about it is because it's popping off, not to use too much slang, but it's popping off everywhere across the country. Every single yeah. yeah, you just gotta, you gotta look. You gotta look. And so I'm yes. excited. You got anything else you want to tell the folks about Juneteenth? No, I just want people to have a happy Juneteenth, yes. celebrate, acknowledge, educate others and about educate it. This needs to just grow more awareness mm. so we can all celebrate. Yes, together. and definitely educate yourself. And remember, uh, if you read the Frederick Douglass, What to the Slave is the Fourth of July, read Annette, Dr. Annette Gordon Reed's On Juneteenth book. And then lastly, if you can, attend the inaugural Juneteenth Freedom Summit hosted by the uh, LBJ School of Public Policy, also hosted by the Center for the Study of Race and Democracy within the LBJ School. It's a free event and it takes place Saturday, June 19th at 11 o'clock. And Dr. Annette Gordon-Reed is going to be uh, one of the featured speakers uh, for that event. So hope you all have a great rest of your day. Take care of yourselves, educate yourselves, and we'll see you on episode 25. Take care. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. To catch the next installment, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. We'll see you next time.